Welcome to HubShot's episode 116, Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, new features, and strategies for growing your marketing results. We hope you enjoy the podcast as much as HubSpot CEO Brian Halligan does. Thanks for creating this podcast. It's awesome. I listen to it on the weekends and I really enjoy it. In this episode, we chat about community events, including a quick recap of Grow with HubSpot in Melbourne and the learnings that we found. Then we chat about HubSpot's marketing and CRM features before thinking through how to be a contrarian in our marketing channel choices. Welcome to HubShots, the podcast for marketing managers and sales professionals. My name is Ian Jacob and with me is my co-host Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Look really well, Ian, and great to be back because we missed a week. I was down in Melbourne at Grow with HubSpot Melbourne, which was a fantastic event. Yes, lots of people there. Uh, there was a t- they had a massive turnout. It was good. I got to meet with a few uh, clients and a few of the HubSpot team and Charles McKay and a bunch of other people. It was really good. But yeah, we missed an episode. It's not often we miss an episode. So we've got heaps to catch up on tonight. That's right. By the way, the slide deck, I should say, from that Grow With HubSpot event, we've got a link in the show notes. So if you're there, the slides are pretty easy to follow. They're great. So yeah, there's a link to download them. But let's go on to our inbound thought of the week, Craig, which is the Grow With HubSpot event in Melbourne. And there was a good session by James Gilbert, Lisa Hudson and John Dick. Now... What did you take away? Look, you know, they're always pushing the funnel, top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel, and they do that well. And I feel that a lot of the attendees, you just go, it's hard to know. I didn't chat to them all, but you get this sense that it's new information for some of them. Chatting with a few people that I met there and they're in marketing or they're parts of marketing teams. And you get the feeling that, yeah, this is new. And just this approach to having a framework around it is something that I get a lot of value from. And I, I guess HubSpot's getting that same feature because they keep pushing it. And it's a good reminder to me because I kind of feel I've heard it so many times. You're probably the same. It's kind of like, oh, well, we kind of feel the need that we should be saying something new. But actually reviewing the stuff that works is often good. Yes. And I think we discovered that when we were at an event together yesterday, how little people knew of this funnel that we often talk about, isn't Yeah, it's true. Now, speaking of funnel, I've got to say some of those slides, you get the slides, we've got the link in the show notes, but this slide where they say reverse engineer your funnel and they talk about these conversion rates. And I always laugh when I see this because I'm just going to read out some of the conversion rates, right? You get 20,000 visitors to your blog and 30% of them convert into subscribers. Now, hello, have you ever had a 30% conversion rate on your blog into a subscriber? But it gets better because 40% of them in this funnel diagram that they had, 40% of them convert into leads and then 45% of them convert into marketing qualified leads and then 15% to customers. Like this is an example funnel they put. I would love to know in our listeners, have you ever had that happen? Those kind of numbers, even once in any client or any situation, you know, I'd love to hear about it because it's just like, (laughs) that would be fantastic. And you know, the other thing, the reason I'm actually not a fan of conversion rates especially on blogs, because I think of myself, I love the HubSpot blog. I've signed up once. That was the conversion. Okay. Right. And so I've gone to their blog hundreds and hundreds of times, but surely that doesn't count as another conversion. I mean, maybe I'm a customer at this point, so it's further along the funnel, but conversion rates are always so hard. Like how do you make a conversion rate just on the first time visitor, you know, and how do you exclude that they come on another back from another device and all that kind of stuff. So conversion rates are always tricky, but yeah, look, we've got a screenshot of that slide in the show notes. So for the lols, go and have a look at that. <laughs> now, Craig, on next Wednesday, the 28th, we have our first Sydney HubSpot user group and Alyssa is going to be speaking. Yeah. Well, 
Well, she spoke at Growth HubSpot. She was excellent. Well, they were all excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I guess that's not saying anything. And in fact, as expected, they were excellent. So I guess what we want to do is encourage people to come. So we've already had over 100 people register and we would like more people to attend. It's at an all new venue. We work in Piedmont. And there's going to be lots of other people, lots of people from WeWork will be attending that work here. And I think it'll be a great atmosphere and vibe, but we're also going to be having some great information and great time to connect with other HubSpot people, partners, It's going to be good. And free beer. Did we mention that? Free beer. There you go. Free beer and swag. You've managed. You've managed to get some HubSpot swag together for the event. Oh, sorry. We weren't allowed to say that. (laughs) There's, no, there's HubSpot t-shirts. There's there is. HubSpot mug or two. So, yeah. I and don't some know. lip balm. And some lip balm, yeah. For well, there you go. Chemicals, yeah. All and, right. And so the reason we mentioned that, Alyssa will be speaking there. And that's on Wednesday, the 28th of March in Sydney. We'll see you there. Link in the show notes. All right. On to our HubSpot marketing feature of the week, Craig. And I just thought we'll go back to this because there's so much stuff to HubSpot, right? So I thought, okay, let's visit ads because there's always a new thing beside it. So I thought, let's go there again today. And I discovered that I had not created some lookalike audiences in the ads tool. So what I want to highlight is go create a lookalike audience from your website visitors, but also from your marketing list of people, let's say perhaps that have converted and just to find some new prospects. Yeah, here's just something, and we may end up cutting this out of the show, but I was just thinking, have you ever created lookalike audiences to use as exclusions? No, you know what? As I was doing this, I was actually thinking about that. Oh, really? Yeah, but I need to go and try it out. So I haven't haven't Like find your worst people at the time that that have signed up and waste your time and create a lookalike to exclude. (laughs) That would fit. All right, nice one. All right, I'll do a HubSpot Gotcha of the Week, Craig. All right, there's got to be a HubSpot Gotcha of the Week. What have we got, Ian? we got nothing, Craig. Got nothing. It's all just working. That's right. It's been a good week. It has been a good week at HubSpot. All right, on to our Marketing Tip of the Week, Craig. All right, now this is something I'm going to pick up later in our Opinion of the Week. But in the Opinion of the Week, I'm going to talk about trying new channels. We'll come to that. But how do you test a new channel? And so I just wanted to, because I've had this question just a few times recently with clients, where we said, oh, test a new channel. We want to try it. And they go, oh, okay, so what should I do? So I'm just going to give you a little guide onto how we approach it. And so the first thing is, well, pick a channel and really just pick one channel. That's kind of what I say, that just try one because this is a test and measure. So let's say you're a B2B business and you're going to try Instagram because, and in the opinion of the week, I'll show you why you should be testing that. You hear about it, say on a podcast, oh, try Instagram for B2B, right? So you go, okay, how am I going to test it? Well, pick three months. Give it three months. And in the first month, you're going to set it up. Now, how much time and budget should you spend? It depends how big your budget is, but try 10%. Now, if you're a massive enterprise and you've got huge budgets, lucky you, then 10% is going to be extreme. So pick 1%. But for an average mid to large company, you know, their spend might be in the the 10K per month on the channels. Maybe just pick 1K to test on Instagram as a 10% kind of spend. Next question. What Mm. should we focus on? Okay. So you've got to focus on audiences and message and tracking. Okay. Sounds obvious, right? Yes. A lot of people will just focus on message and they blast it out to everyone. Plus they don't track it. That's right. And well, we're talking in a HubSpot podcast, so you can track it. Okay. But if that's really important, of course, the thing you implement, you test and measure. Now you want to try that for three months. And the reason I say that is because you probably won't get it right. You're finding your feet on the new channel in, in the first couple of weeks. 
And so by the second month, you know you've kind of got your process right. You may or may not be getting results, but you've got your process right. And third is really when you're going to review and see whether you're going to continue on. Now, should people be reviewing this every week to start off with, Craig? Yeah, weekly is good. I mean, daily would be great. Daily is fantastic. Yeah, if you've got Databox and you've got a dashboard set up and you're just pulling it in, sure, there's your real-time dashboard. But yeah, at least a week. And the reason you want to do that is just, you might just be touching it the first couple of days just to check you haven't done anything silly, like oh, That's right. an extra you, zero or, on the daily budget or something exactly. like that. Or you're actually pushing out to an audience that's totally incorrect yeah. and wasting your spend. That's right. So expect to have a few of those mistakes in yes. the first week or two. Or if you're working with an agency, they should have that covered. So then here's the important thing. If it works, great. Look at scaling it up. But what you want to compare is not just the cost per acquisition, not just the CPA cost, but you actually want to try and get a sense of how high quality the leads are. Within a month, you know, three months, it's often, depending on the industry, it's hard to work out whether they would convert to a customer that quickly, depending on your sales lifecycle. But you want to try and get some kind of quality score to them. And of course, if you've got HubSpot, you can use lead scoring. But you want to compare that with the cost per acquisition. So that's CPA. So you're comparing that plus their kind of quality. Now, if it's working, great. You've struck gold, good, ramp up, maybe allocate some budget from one of the other channels over. If it hasn't worked, park it for six to nine months. Okay. And the reason I say park it is because you want to test it again. You've already put three months of effort into it. Now, we know these channels work for lots of companies and for some they don't. But it might just be that the timing's not right. Mm. So you've put a lot of work and learnings into that. Park it for six or nine months and then consider reviewing it. Yeah. Rather than just trying so many different channels, you've actually put effort into one channel. It hasn't worked out for now. Give it another go later. So that's a quick summary. All right. On to HubSpot sales pitch of the week, Craig. And this is very funny because we were talking about this and then I went, oh, let's go have a look. And then we found it. It's customization of product offers with increased product pricing flexibility. Now, what does this all mean, Craig? So you can do three things. You can add a cost per unit and margin to a product. Now, before I progress further, you need to have sales professionals to do this. You can do a discount by percentage and you can add a term to the product, which is good for a month, year, etc. So, and you don't have to put a term, but you can if it's something that's finite. Say you only do 12 month chunks of work for people, you can just put a one year term on that. Now, in the description for this, they talk about a discount, which which seems to apply to the product. You actually won't see that when you actually say the product up. So note that you can actually add the discount when you're adding it to the deal. So there's the little gotcha for you. And I think they've changed it after they actually announced what's going on because the product screenshots don't seem to line up. There you go. They're always improving. Yeah, that's always but it's a good start for the week. So if you're using products, I encourage you to go have a look at it. Go and enable some of those features. The whole idea of this is it actually works out the margin on the product. So you can actually tell what you're going to make if you're using the products effectively. And obviously, if you're not discounting yourself and making a loss. So just checking, what's the discount? Are you saying it was percentage versus... Uh, no, I think it can value. be fixed or percentage Right, because I know in mine I've used a um, Use fixed, fixed, value. fixed number. Yeah. Yeah. Discount would be good. But it does say discount percentage. by percentage. Yeah, the, that's right. Months, You're right. I was just point. checking that back. But in the in the actual drop down, I think I saw it was fixed or by percentage. So there you go. Nice one. All right. Opinion of the week, Craig. All right. So I'll just get back up on my soapbox about this. As we always say, the need to test and measure. Yes. Now, what I'm going to pull together here is a couple of thoughts. One is from Grow with HubSpot. And there was a slide in there talking about find the channels that work for you. 
Now, my opinion of the week is if you're going to follow the herd, make sure you're following the right herd. Okay. So let me tell you what happened at the event. And this is not a criticism. This is an observation. And in some ways, I think an opportunity. Okay. So they put up a slide saying, find the channels that work for you. And of course, right up the front, up the top is email and LinkedIn. This is for B2B. Sorry. This is just for B2B marketers. What channel would you use? And so they've got this data from one of the Content Marketing Institute reports from, actually it was from 2016, yeah. but I've put a link to the 2018 results, which okay, are yeah. actually a little bit, actually they're more stark because they, they put LinkedIn right at the top. I think I've got a slide yeah, right. deck of that. So what platforms are B2B marketers using for content marketing purposes, right? And LinkedIn's right at the top. So hold that thought. That was on a slide. Now, there's a panel discussion at the event, and it was excellent. Uh, Charles McKay was actually on the panel. He was excellent. They had a guy from LinkedIn, and they had a guy from Zero as well, and Alyssa as well. As a general response about what channels to use for B2B, well, you can guess what the LinkedIn guy said. He said, oh, yeah, well, LinkedIn, but we also do a bit of Facebook. Zero guy said, no, we're very much on LinkedIn. We do a bit of Facebook. It's not really working. And I think Charles was kind of similar, or he was a bit saying it worked depending on the industry. So then James Gilbert turns to the audience and he kind of says, you know, what channels are people using here? Hands up if you use LinkedIn for B2B versus Facebook. And he said, oh, looking at all these hands up went up for LinkedIn. And he said, oh, it's probably about 70% of the room, then at 30% Facebook. And so what this said to me is there's this herd mentality that follows LinkedIn because we've got these industry reports that say use LinkedIn. The thing about it, and here's my opinion of the week, is that it's just representative of what people are doing, not necessarily the right thing to do. And so we always say test and measure. And so in one of the graphs, it's got Instagram, which is why I referred to this in our earlier one as an example. Because as you know, we've used Instagram for B2B stuff and are getting awesome results for some clients. And I've shown you the results and I've also shown you where it's not working. Like we try it for some B2B client and it doesn't work. And so the point is, it's not whether Instagram is right for B2B, it's whether it's right for some parts of B2B. And so when I see graphs like this, and so LinkedIn was, you know, 97% B2B markers using it and then Instagram only 30%, I'm kind of like... Mm, what's that smell? I smell opportunity, opportunity, right? And so this idea that would you rather be competing with 97% of the other B2B markers or 30% of them get into LinkedIn. Now, the takeaway from this is not everyone should jump into Correct. LinkedIn. The takeaway is that they should test and measure and not just follow the advice. Because if you didn't know better at that event, That's say, right. you say, oh, have all the B2B markers are going into yeah. LinkedIn. I better get in there as well. And frankly, LinkedIn's really expensive. For most of the stuff we do, it's exactly. just not giving us the ROI. <laughs> and I just, I'm dumbfounded when I see so many people pushing more and more into LinkedIn. So anyway, that's a bit of a opinion of the week. But you know what the final takeaway is from the latest 2018? Did you see what the Google six, Plus? Google Plus. I was surprised. 28% of marketers, B2B marketers using Google Plus. I'm like, what have I missed here? Have I missed something? I think we both missed something. Like to me, I should go and test that. Like is... Is that still a thing? Yeah. Like, I'm showing my ignorance here. I should know better about whether it's a viable channel or not. But that's something for me. I'm actually going to... No, I mean, if anything, I think we're publishing more stuff on Google My Business. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. I wonder if this survey of Google Plus just meant, oh, Google Plus everything Google does. Yeah, Yeah. it could well be. What channels are you using? Most people would not I do SEO. That's Google Plus, mate. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, there's a good lesson for all of us in there. Test and measure. 
All right, Craig, on to our app of the week. And this is Kayak, where you can search hundreds of travel websites at once. This is their value proposition. And thank you to Mads for showing that to me today. We're talking about inbound, actually. Oh, yeah. And that's how this came up. And then I researched it because I use another app called Hopup to keep an eye on oh, yeah, um, yeah, airfares. That. And Kayak is one. I actually remember it was probably only working in America when it first started. And I, that's why I didn't get it. But now it seems to work across all different countries. So it's an app worth using to find the best deals. Well, to find the best deal to get to Inbound 2018. That's right. Coming up in September, yeah. Which is how many days away, Craig? Well, InboundCountdown.com. There you go. All right, now we've got a really interesting resource of the week, Craig, and this is on BuzzSumo. It talks about content trends for 2018. Not a long piece of content, but actually a rather good piece of content. I want to highlight one thing from there. It says, in this new world of content saturation and falling social shares... The big winners are sites that have built a strong reputation for original authoritative content. And there is the key. Yeah, it's right, isn't it? And I remember looking at some of these stats and it's just like how low the average sharing of content out there. There's so much content and most of it, I think it was like it gets six shares on average. It's really low. So to cut above that, yeah, you've really got to have authoritative content. Yeah. So, I mean, one thing that came out of that, the average sharing of content on social networks fell due to increasing competition and a rise in private sharing and Facebook algorithms. And that's, I think, really key. And another thing it said due to Facebook was that brands and publishers are gaining less organic referral traffic from Facebook and less engagement with their posts, which we already have known and have seen happen. And there's been a sharp decline in viral posts that gain hundreds of thousands of shares. Yeah. Well, the other thing, I think you mentioned something that's really interesting. We've noticed this in our own, I guess, social habits, but we've moved to more peer-to-peer or, you know, person-to-person um, messaging, but also groups. I think the only thing I interact on on Facebook these days is groups. I'm in a few groups. And of course, you can't share out. Well, you can, but people don't really share outside right. the group. And of course, these kinds of studies can't actually see what's being shared because these scrollers can't look into groups unless they're members so i think that really groups has really been a big part of how that sharing stats has dropped down yeah so there we go well worth a read and to take note all right craig onto our quote of the week and i'm actually listening to this book at the moment it's called own the moment from carl lentz and it says i'm not ready for that how many times have you heard that how many times have you said that It's a very natural reaction to things that are daunting and often make us feel insecure. It's also a very common excuse to bow out of things we need to step into. Mm, Nice one. And I wanted to share that because I think that, you know, as marketers and as people, this is often the thing. It's the stuff that we should be stepping into that will take us to the next place or to the next level with what we're doing is often the hardest thing that we have to do and overcome. So there you go. Excellent. All right, now there's lots of bonus links in the show, so I encourage you to look at it. If you're running, driving your car, and doing anything else, any other activity while listening to the podcast, go back. We'd love you to leave us a review. And we'd love you to join our Facebook group and interact with us and ask any questions that you have. Yeah, the Facebook group's probably the place to go. That's where we're putting most of our effort these days. Correct. So, yeah. And there's some exclusive stuff on there. Yeah, showing some good with. links. Yeah. So, Craig, until next time. Catch you later, Ian. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.